So how are you? Really, if you're like many women I know, we need more than ever to hear how other women are not just surviving, but thriving, intentionally creating a meaningful life right now. If you're in the market for strategies that will add velocity to your life and leadership, join us. It's a pleasure to have Jacqueline Nagel today on the show. I've just been binging a little bit on some of her accomplishments. And I'm stuck on this one point, Jacqueline. Um, in every one of your ventures, you have used speaking-centric strategies to launch, pivot, rescue, and manage both rapid growth and all-consuming crisis. I think that the reason that that really struck me is because so many of us are in the midst of a crisis right now. Absolutely. And some of us have used it for good and others have used it for reasons to buy more wine. So there's, there's nothing wrong with having wine in really moderate quantities. <laughs> it is wine and leadership. But Jacqueline, explain a little bit about how you started, what you're doing now with Speakable You. How did you get here and what are you hoping to accomplish? So I didn't expect to ever be doing speakable or speaker training. Um, it was not on my radar. My last actual role, my last job was CEO of a traffic control company. So civil construction, major, major motorways, major highways. Um, my background before that was in mining services and industrial relations and labor hire. So nothing like this. But what happened as I was exiting that CEO role was I didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. So I was in my early 40s, all my children were older and pretty well independent. I had no mortgage, no husband. And I was like, hang on a minute, like for the first time in a long time, I can make a choice here. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went to every networking event I could find in 50 kilometers for 90 days. And what I learned out of that was there were a lot of rooms I didn't want to go back into. And I also realized that even if I was paying a lot of money, I didn't necessarily, the speakers weren't good. Like there were very few good speakers. And I was like, what's gone wrong? Like what's happened that there's not a lot of great speakers. And it's not that there weren't a lot of great people and not a lot of great ideas and great experience. They just weren't great speakers. And so I went looking at all the speaker training available. And I found that as soon as you put entrepreneur or business owner into the target audience, it became about sell from stage and see the pitch. And it's like, no, 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 no. We need to be great speakers and add incredible value so the right people can see us and hear us and pay us. And mm -hmm. I just got a little bit arrogant, thought I could do it better than what was out there. And so I created a workshop. I've always trained and facilitated speakers and salespeople within my businesses and thought I can do this. And I put seven, and I was only gonna do it for a little while until the next real thing came along. And I put a hundred people through the pilot programs. And then I realized with the success we were getting that this was actually a thing. And so I created the brand two years ago. We now operate across Australia, New Zealand and the US. And it's a, it's a real thing. Like it, it became the thing. So yeah. Wow. So you're basically in a business where you're helping to launch other visionaries in the world. Yeah, who, who really, who are the people who call you up and ask for your help? 
So I call it purpose-driven professionals is where I started. So it wasn't, it's not enough. I'm not interested in people who just want to take to a stage because they want to lift their profile. They have to be willing to give something and to contribute something. So entrepreneurs, so people who come to me are subject matter experts. They've got amazing careers and are about to launch on their own um, venture or they've launched something and they know they're not quite getting the visibility they deserve. So one of the things is um, the way I describe it is they feel like they're losing work to noisier idiots and it's just because those noisier people are noisier and can speak more. So it's they've realized that they're actually not getting the work that they should be getting because they're not as vocal as they should be and recognizable. And the other thing mm -hmm. that I've been seeing a lot of lately is people who are changing. So for example, high performance careers changing from one to the other. So I'm actually now the uh, speaking skills mentor for gold medal Olympians with our Institute of Sport in Australia. And so that's all about nice. actually experience and repackaging it into a message that corporate Australia and entrepreneurs will pay for as a um, as a thing so that's that's where that experience comes from nice what a neat thing to work with um, gold medal athletes yeah there's yeah, really amazing there's a, a huge level of accomplishment and a lot of respect in me that comes when uh, somebody has um, put the hard work into something like that. So helping them package that message, it's a gift to the world. It is, and most of them want to move beyond their gold medal story. And, you know, for anyone who's in any sort of high performance, so the way that I see it is that they may have that cachet of being a gold medal Olympian, but anyone who's high performance, so that's in the work that they do, the experience that they bring, the depth of the study that they've had, there's some real commonalities across all of us. And, and that's what I love to draw out. And that's what I love to get out of people's head and turn it into what I call inhalable content. So content that an audience hears and wants more of. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. You know, um, there, the whole um, crux of influence really lies in story. To be able to package your story is, is the dynamite in your ability to influence people. It is. And it's actually one of the things that's been really interesting and, and what I work a lot with people with is though it's not just storytelling. Like I don't think I don't think anybody now could say that they didn't realise storytelling was an essential part of influence and impact. And but what I've realized is is that too many people are seeing storytelling as there's two errors that they make. So one is telling stories and making the stories real. I think that they can literally do their therapy from the stage. So there's being vulnerable, but being raw and real sometimes takes it too far and you have a responsibility for the audience. So storytelling is not about being, you know, doing therapy from the stage. It's about being vulnerable, but with strength and grace. And then right. the second part of that is, it's not just a chronological unfolding of events. We have to shape stories. And by that, I don't mean making them inaccurate. They have to be true and they have to be accurate. We have to shape them to the parts of the story that matter to the key message that we want our audience to take away. So it's not necessarily right. the story, we have to actually strengthen it and break it into moments that the audience can grab onto and drop into. Right. Absolutely. So when you work with a client, are you there with them when they give their first keynote? If they pay me a fortune, absolutely. Um, no. <laughs> Um, so what I do is that the work that we do is I actually shape them all, we script it all, we do all the um, rehearsals. Usually if they want me to look at their first delivery of keynote, usually what I do is I get them to record it. 
um, and send it to me and critique and feedback that way with my private clients. Okay, that's really great. Yeah, it's fantastic that they get that firsthand feedback. One time I, I won a speak off and I got critiqued in front of 100 people. And it was, it was really hard, but very valuable. Yeah. Really valuable. You know, speaking as a contact source, this all the time. You can you can construct anything, you can put anything together, but it's a contact source until you're actually delivering it to a real life audience, you don't really know if it's gonna work. And so getting feedback from people you can trust is really a valuable part of the process. Yeah. Can you give me an example of the most transformational experience that um a speaker has had working with you? Oh, there's been quite a number of them. There was two that were really stick out. So one um, standout, using Australian there, sorry guys. Um, so one of them was a young guy, he was 24 years old and he had suffered depression his whole teenage years and through high school. And he had actually gone back to speak to students at his high school about how he got himself off drugs through um, extreme sports. So marathon running, marathons, all that sort of stuff. And when he was walking off from that auditorium, one of his mates turned around and literally said, and I'll use it the way that I was talking, hey, you should be a public speaker, eh, mate? You're quite inspirational, eh? And that's literally turned up in my room with, oh, my mate told me I should be a speaker, eh? Like that was literally how he turned up in the room. And so he's this really rough, um, not rough as in rough personality-wise, but just, you know, unpolished 24-year-old with maybe an idea or something. And what we did was we turned that into a um, we turned that into an amazing keynote. We were able to get so he came up with the concept um, hashtag practical resilience. So it's practical ways to get yourself out of a bad place. We wrote a book together. Oh, well, I guided him in writing a book. He launched that as an Australian speaker. He had his first eight thousand dollar conference speak three weeks after that, which was more than he'd earned in a month before that. He launched mm. his and international speaking career at South by Southwest in Texas, which is the event outside of Austin. Um, he has spoken at 17 Google campuses around the world. He's an in-house speaker for two banks in Australia. And that all took about six to seven months to completely unfold. His book went to the um, best reads of the summer list, um, Inc. magazine. And so that was incredible. And that was watching this 24-year-old kid just completely transform in front of my eyes and create this life that he loved like you know he'd be messaging me saying i'm doing an ultra marathon in scotland and then i'm flying to dublin to speak for google like it was it was just phenomenal and not only phenomenal watching what happened for him but it was such an important message about how to use practical strategies to get yourself out of the dependency on drugs when you're in depression and so it was just right. this powerful message so that was one another one was a 32 year old woman who was an archaeologist and she had the most powerful stories about our indigenous culture and she was able to actually translate them in a way that got attention but more than that her driver of why she became an archaeologist was almost heart-wrenching and she couldn't tell it without tears but it felt like it was really important for the story so i worked with her to shape it to become only the bits that she needed to tell for the purpose of the keynote and the first time she got up and delivered it, she was able to do it without tears, perfectly poised with so much strength and so much grace. And her practice as an archeologist through her speaking has actually taken off. And she's getting exactly the sorts of work she wants to get working with indigenous 
historical sites in Australia. So yeah, they're the two that I love the most. Wow. You've changed those lives forever. But speaking does that, like Donna, speaking does that. Like I'm, I was actually asked by um, Jess Rhodes and Margie um, Felden, who we both know, I was actually asked by them, why do I do this? They were in one of my workshops. And I said the usual, like everyone has a voice, everyone deserves to be heard, all that sort of stuff. And, and Jess said to me, no, why do you do it? And I went, you know why? Because it's the single fastest way to change your future. Mm -hmm. So if you learn yeah. how to speak and you learn how to speak really well and to communicate, it's actually about influence. It's actually about impact. And it opens up possibility and opportunity that you didn't even realize existed. You didn't even know it was there. It's like this veil lifts from in front of you and it changes your future. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I absolutely agree that the stage is where your influence begins and that's where you start to multiply the way the number of people that you can influence and, and yeah. get in front of it will lead to other stages so it, it's amazing to me that you moved into this from a very um, successful career that really is not in performing arts or in even coaching and it was your own success that birthed this business. Did you just decide that you were ready to make a transition from the long successful career that you had? Um, so like I said earlier, I was actually just doing this to start with to fill a gap until something else came along. And I've had two opportunities to go back to a previous um, industry, which I loved. And both times I've almost said yes. And at the last minute I pulled back to this. And I realized I had to really think about it the last time that I said no, because it was a phenomenal opportunity. I was literally being offered a multiple seven-figure practice with no money down to transition out as the owner retired, um, completely in my space, what I love to do. And I had to really look at why I was making the decision not to go across. And the reason became fairly apparent. So it's the transformation process. So I haven't practiced as a coach as such. I am a business mentor, but I am qualified. So I'm an advanced practitioner in coaching. I'm an advanced a master practitioner in NLP. I'm an advanced hypnotherapist. So I am qualified across all of it. I just had never seen myself that way. And the reason being is I haven't been able to go back to what I was doing before because I make big impact and big change in corporate and there's no two ways about it. But watching somebody actually shift gears from feeling stuck and not knowing how to be known for what they know to be true about the world, but not being able to get the work that they want with the people that they want and being able to transform them. And there's two things that happen. It creates possibility, which we spoke about before. And there's also a single, there's also a split second with every single person, no matter how experienced, because I work with completely inexperienced to, you know, seven figure speakers. And there's a split second where they realize there's an incredibly powerful way to say what it is that they want to say. And it's, it's, a, it's a look in their eyes and it's a split second and it's become like my dopamine. It's sort of that, that change that happens when you realize that you have a voice and that you have a way yeah. that people listen. And I actually decided that I couldn't walk away from that. Right. I can uh, totally relate to the dopamine rush that comes when somebody has an aha. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. You so, don't get that when um, you fight opinions. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, and I love how you talk about using speaking as a strategy. You know, we're all about life strategies here. Yeah. And um, I, you've already talked about how speaking is, is a way that you can win people to your, your point of view and yeah. through 
storytelling. Um, I'm curious to know how this transformation um, has worked in your own life. And how do you manage your own life to be all on when you're here in front of me or on a stage? What are you so doing for your own strategy? Yeah, look, there's a couple of strategies around that. So one is, I know we were laughing before we started this this recording that it's actually early in the morning here in Australia, so you get me fresh and my mind is clear. So yeah. I know, yeah. I know, I know the time of day when I perform best. Um, the second thing is, is that my children are all older. So I have four children, they're 18 to 30. So I'm no longer doing that juggle. And I understand, I appreciate that some people are still in that juggle. So when my children yeah. were young, I was very real about what I could do and making sure that I earned enough money to have the right resources in place to free me up for what I wanted to do and still be a great mother. Um, so things like cleaners and support and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, the strategies now to be all on is actually making sure that you have five to 10 minutes in between what you're doing and you actually finish that and mentally shift to complete focus and be present to what you're doing now. Um, my partner, yeah. when I first got into COVID lockdown, we were working like two meters apart, which is not something I recommend when you go, but you know, we were working two meters apart. We're both mentors and advisors and he could not get over the way that I could switch gears so fast between appointments. And it's that, I just take five to 10 minutes just to get completely present to what's next is the big thing. The other thing, and I was speaking about this with somebody this morning is I did a lot of keynote speaking as a support speaker to somebody who is a $50,000 a keynote speaker out of the US, out of New York. And he taught me something really valuable. So one of his key pieces of advice that I remembered all the time is as a speaker, your responsibility is not to respond to the energy of the room. Your responsibility is to set the energy of the room. And I've taken that really seriously ever since I first heard it. And so no matter where I am, I leave that at the door for the period of time that I am speaking, that I am engaging, that I am facilitating. It just has to stay outside of it. And it means getting very good at saying right now, I know that all the stuff going on in my world is an issue, but right now it needs to park up and I'm doing this. And I stay completely present just to that. Yes. Yes. Being completely present makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so true. Yeah. I love how practical your strategies are um, for everybody in everyday life. Yeah. It's, really important just to take that moment to pause and put a punctuation mark on the end of one task before you move to the next task. I love that actually that the way that you just described that's exactly you put a punctuation mark in that bit's done or this is a pause yeah you know that reminds me of the time that my um, husband yelled at my then five-year-old for doing something precocious and he said you're going to do what I say period and she stopped and she folded her arms and she looked at him and she said, dad, don't you mean punctuation mark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Children are great at picking us up on our own words. <laughs> uh, uh, that's right. Oh, it's exclamation mark. Oh, I even, that was even better. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're right. It's just so much fun. It's so much fun. Okay, well, we're at the point in the podcast where we're winding down to the end, but you know the million-dollar question in Women, Wine, and Leadership. When you get to the end of the day and you enjoy a little glass of wine, what is it that you pull off the shelf? Oh, so I love a very rich Shiraz or a really heavy Cabernet. Yes, yes. 
Yeah. You're my girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> well, next time I'm in Australia, we can drink wine together. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm <laughs> all a glass of wine. A Shiraz um, in Australia is very similar to a, a Syrah. It's a similar grape or the same yeah. grape, I think. It's the same grape. So, I think that's what we call it. Yeah, Syrah has been my favorite grape for years, and I have a picture of myself with my arms wrapped around a 48-ton uh, crate of Syrah. <laughs> 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 I totally get that. My my ex-husband and I owned shares in a vineyard for a long time. It was it was a, a great investment and a dangerous one. Yeah. Oh, I bet. I bet it was. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. I love to hear that. Well, you know, I heard from your description earlier of one of your clients that you don't only work with clients in Australia. So mm. I'm assuming that anyone who's listening to this podcast could look you up. So tell them how they can um, engage with you. Absolutely. So the fastest way is via LinkedIn, which is Jacqueline Nagel one. Um, and my website is speakableu.com. I will give you, Donna, for the show notes, um, some landing pages, which are our current programs that we deliver virtually to the U.S. Super. Great. Well, send that on to me and I'll post it in the show notes. So grateful to have this time with you, Jacqueline. You've made my day richer and my life richer as I remember how important it is to work on that signature talk and stop putting that off. Yeah, absolutely. It's the most vital. It's the most important thing you can do. Yeah, I do. I do agree. Well, I love seeing you in your office there. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. We will be in touch for sure. Bye. So what'd you think? I hope you found some strategies from today's show that will help you move your life from surviving to thriving. We're about strategies that will help you to live the life that you're made for. So if you want more of this, go to 360lifestrategies.com. Lots of stuff there. You can check out our page, Donna Carlson 360 on Instagram, 360 Life Strategies on Twitter. And you must check out our wine palace at 360 Life Strategies on Pinterest. That's where you can get a label for all the wines we talk about on this show. Most of all, have a conversation with us. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, You'll find this on our Facebook page, also at 360 Life Strategies. So please join in and share with a friend. Thanks.